Hey everybody, welcome to the Budget Cinema Podcast. This week we're gonna I'm joined again by Mike. Say hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. We're gonna be talking about a film that was based on the Donald E. Westlake uh, book, The Hunter. Uh, he used a pseudonym Richard Stark. It's starring Mel Gibson, uh, Maria Bello, Greg Henry, David Paymer, Bill Duke, Lucy Liu, John Glover, William Devane. I mean, come on, I could go on and on. Uh, it was released through Icon Productions, distributed through Paramount and Warner Brothers for the non-U.S. It was released on February 5th, 1999. There are two different cuts with a budget of $90 million and a box office of $161 million. And Not really a big success if you think about it. That's right. We're talking about payback. GSW. That's what the hospitals call it. Gunshot wound. Doctor has to report it to the police. That makes it hard for guys in my line to get what I'd call quality health care. Not many men know what their life's worth. I do. Seventy grand. That's what they took from me. And that's what I was going to get back. Payback was directed by Brian Hegland, uh, and it's his, and written by him, and it was his directorial debut. Uh, what did you think of, uh, of Payback? I liked it. I, to be honest with you, I know that's just a generic answer that I liked it, but I really did. It was enjoyable. It was fun. It's one of those movies that I just, I don't know, it's kind of a, a go-to for what I'm looking for, just an entertaining movie to watch. Yeah, there's nothing really deep about it. It's just an entertaining film, and uh, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's a very underrated film, and what people don't seem to realize is there are two different cuts. There's the See, and I did not know that. There's a theatrical cut, and there's a director's cut. A director's cut takes out the uh, voiceover. Uh, there's no Chris Christopherson. Okay. Uh, it's Sally Kellerman on the phone instead, which is weird. Um, the film was shot during September and November of 97. I think it released until 99 that's kind of weird it's a long time yeah actually that is that's uh i wonder hmm. yeah, it was released in chicago it was uh, filmed in chicago and los angeles though neither city is referred to in the film it's kind of like they don't really say what city they're in springfield and they also don't they also don't um reference the date either you know what i mean because if you notice the phones are all uh uh Rotary phones. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of cell phone action going on. Um, uh, although he's uh, credited as the director, Brian Hegland's cut of the film uh, was not the theatrical version that was released. When uh, the, uh, there was an end, uh, the principal photography ended, um, his version was deemed too dark for the mainstream public. Really? Well, I guess for 1999 standards, yes. Well, yeah. But yeah. for now, I, I really... <laughs> yeah. And then... And then there was a script rewrite by Terry Hayes, uh, and then uh, Heglin was replaced by the production designer John Muir, I guess that's how you say his name, who apparently reshot 30% of the movie. Wow. Yeah. And this is where we get into spoilers. The intent was to make Porter, uh, the main character played by Mel Gibson, uh, more accessible. Okay. Which I guess I can see that. I mean, because this is a movie about there are no good people in this movie. There's no one who hasn't been... Uh, tainted by in some way or another, you know. Porter, Porter's a thief. Uh, Rose is a hooker. Or Rosie's a hooker. Uh, uh, Val's a fucking uh, an asshole who steals from his, you know, who breaks the the code of uh, of uh, you know, uh, no no honor among thieves, but you don't steal from another thief kind of thing, you know, that whole thing. Um, I mean, and, and at that point, the film's tagline became "Get ready to root for the bad guy." 
Oh, yeah. Which is like, okay, I, I probably would have rooted for Gibson anyway because he's fucking rigs. I mean, um, right, and you just did a great podcast. If you guys haven't seen or not seen, but listen to episode two. The Lethal Weapon episode. The Lethal Weapon episode. It was good. Um, and apparently um, there was a scene that was cut. Um, which uh, arguably involves spousal abuse, and there are more plot elements added to the third act. Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb. Was this Mel Gibson? I don't know spousal abuse. I well, he was more verbal. I think. Okay. You know, sweet tits. But um, <laughs> and then after ten days of reshoots, uh, there was a new opening scene and voiceover track added. Uh, which I like the voiceover track. I like the the whole. I know how you know. No man knows how much they're worth. I know how much I'm worth. Seventy grand. You know. Uh, and then uh, Chris Christopherson walked on as a new villain. So if it wasn't for the reshoots, we wouldn't have Chris Christopherson. And I I like him as a villain. Oh, he does a great job. He's, he's fantastic. And William Devane is fucking awesome as Carter. Oh yeah. Uh, the way he like he he puts his little the way he was sitting there and he puts the lip gloss on, and he just kind of stands there and puts his hand out and somebody rushes over with a towel for him. Uh, then the Hegwin's version, the straight up, the director's cut, was released on DVD, Blu-ray, and HD DVD. Boy, HD DVD, that was a flop. Uh, in April of 2007, after an October 20, 2006 run at the Austin Film Festival, the director's cut version features a female Bronson, because Chris Christopherson plays Bronson in the uh, theatrical cut. Okay, yeah. Um, voiced by Sally Kellerman and does not include the voiceover by Porter and several Bronson-related scenes and has an entirely different, ambiguous ending. Wow. Yeah. You know, I have to see this. I'll have to get you a copy. Yes, that would be, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cause that's um, and the AV Club actually said that uh, the director's cut is a marked improvement on the unrulier original. I like the original version. Well, see, I, it was one of those where, was this, if I remember correctly, this is when uh, Mel Gibson's crew was kind of lagging a little bit. I, I want to say this, I'm pretty sure this is pre-passion. <clears throat> was this pre-passion, but post-Braveheart? Let me take a look. Like Braveheart was. Oh, here. Ah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look up on IMDb. Just look at Mel. Yeah, just look at Mel. That makes more sense. Here we go. Sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. Bringing up the lethal weapon music. I'm sorry, but I agree with you that it still holds up. It does. I'm referring to the previous episode. And that's something I, I should probably mention. The whole holding up thing. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to run because we're getting some movies that are pretty close to the 2010 <coughs> cutoff. Uh, let's just say whether or not they're still good upon second viewing. How about that? Uh, that works just as well. Uh, payback is after Braveheart by oh. four years. Oh, yeah. Braveheart was. Uh, and it's pre-Passion by five. Yeah. And Signs by two. Ooh, yeah, Wait. So two or three. Well, I mean, he wasn't exactly lagging. I mean, there was Lethal Weapon 4, which wasn't bad. Yeah. When was that? Oh, that was 98. That was the year before. Yeah. And Father. Oh, Patriot, okay. we were soldiers. Yeah, and I mean, actually, uh, Chicken Run and Father's Day. Did you did you see? Okay, Father's Day. If you guys aren't familiar with that, it's uh, Robin Ransom. Williams and Billy Crystal, which is actually a really good movie. I haven't seen that. And uh, Mel Gibson has just a bit role in it, and you'll see him. And it's actually pretty funny. I'll have to check it out. There's also uh, Ransom. You said Ransom. Yeah, that came out before. Uh, that came out right after Braveheart. Conspiracy theory? I mean, come on. They had. Uh, oh, Julia Roberts. And uh, Patrick Stewart, if I remember. Yeah. And, that then, was... and then uh, he was the. He had something to do with uh, Leonard Cohen's I'm Your Man, Apocalypto, Edge of Darkness. How was Apocalypto? 
I've never seen it. I have right. never had an interest in that whatsoever. But after Apocalypto, <laughs> that's when his career started to fall apart because of his personal life. Or was it? I thought it was before Apocalypse. It I might think, have been before. It was I around that time, though. Mel- well, it was around the time that The Passion was filmed. You remember? Because it was uh, maybe about a year after that that everything just, Things just of, went downhill. He went on a drunken tirade. Yeah, and, and he uh, doesn't but like. I, apparently, he doesn't like Jewish people. I'm yeah, fine right. with you guys. Hmm. Even though that sounded a little racist, and I'm fine with you guys. Uh, I mean, he was the villain in Expendables three. He wasn't bad in that. Uh, I did a, I did, I did like Jean Claude Van Damme versus Sylvester Stallone in part two a little bit better than that. But uh, and I haven't seen The Beaver. I heard it's good. I heard it's dealing with similar issues that he went through as far as alcoholism. Oh, there you go. Where a troubled husband executive adopts a beaver hand puppet as his sole means of communicating. I have a puppet. Maybe I should just communicate through the puppet from now on. Well, your puppet is pretty friendly. He, uh, he's kind of a dick. But, I mean, let's, let's look at this guy for just a second. We're, we're diverting away from the film, I understand. Yeah. But, I mean, the guy goes from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Two years later, he does Lethal Weapon. Then a year later, he does Tequila Sunrise. Then he does Lethal Weapon 2, Hamlet, Air America, uh, Bird on a Wire, which is still arguably an action picture. <laughs> and then he does Forever Young. Do you remember Forever Young with Jamie Lee Curtis? I did like that movie. I can't. Whenever it's on, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it, if that makes sense. No, that's one with Elijah Wood, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Elijah Wood plays this, the uh, um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's son. Okay. I I did like it. With George Went. Remember George Went? Norm! No. <laughs> uh, he was in Casper. He what? Was he in Casper? He, he had an uncredited cameo. No? Yeah. He was probably one of the voices. I don't <coughs> care now at this point. Hmm. The Man Without a Face. I remember uh, hearing about that, but never seeing it. Yeah, I remember hearing a... Uh, I mean, but here's the thing. is As of 2011, his net worth was $425 million, so he could pretty much stop doing anything as long as he doesn't make bad gambling decisions. Not like Maverick. Oh, you know what? I, I was James, making a, James Gardner. I, mean, I, was, I was making a joke as far as like Maverick being a gambler, but I did like that movie. I've never seen it. I, I, I feel like I should see it. You know, again, it's not, not an Oscar award-winning movie. It's, it's just something not, to sit back and watch. Something to sit back and watch and enjoy. It's, it's funny. Um, Mel Gibson does a great job. Um, Jodie Foster and James Gardner, of course, is going to just... I love how this has become Gibson cast. It has become Gibson cast. Well, I mean, you can't you can't deny it. The guy has done some good work. Uh, welcome to Talking Mel. <laughs> I'm your host, Chris Dorkwick. Um, that's right. I fucking said it. Oh, come on. I like Chris Hardwick. Um, and apparently, uh, let's get back to Payback. Mel Gibson stated in a short interview releases a DVD extra that it would have been ideal to shoot Payback in black and white. And he noted that people want a color image and that the actual film used a bleach bypass process to tint the film. Now, that is for film nerds out there. Yeah, and who, who actually makes anything with film anymore, though? That's the thing that sucks. Oh, it's too expensive. It's way too expensive. We're just talking about this. uh, I mean, the new uh, digital age has really ushered in, um, well, a lot of advantages for indie filmmakers. That's very true. I can shoot a movie with my phone. Right? Well, to a certain extent. I mean, yeah, there's some limitations, and I'm not going to say that you can shoot a whole film with your with your phone. Well, no, there was a uh, uh, I have I have a six. You have a six. Yeah. There was a film that came out. Uh, Tangerine. Tangerine. Yeah. Came and out on the five. So, on the five. Yeah. But if I remember correctly, if you Google online and take a look at one of the external lenses that they put on top of the phone. Oh well, that's funny. Yeah, I mean. So I mean, that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're still. And they you, had. And they had. Uh, uh, 
I want to say dollies, but that's not it. But they had uh, rigs, handheld rigs. So rigs? Yeah. Oh, it oh. is Gibson cast. It is oh. Gibson cast. Everything oh, is going too back to rigs. Shit. <laughs> uh, in addition to the bleach bypass uh, to tint the film, the production design, uh, which is, I think, production design is probably one of the more important parts of a film. I agree uh, with you on that one. I think I think that's secondary only to the script because if it doesn't look good, uh, if it's not a believable environment, I'm not going to care about your movie. If that makes any sense. Um, they used muted shades of red, brown, and gray for costume sets and the cars for further effects. Oh, so apparently they used the same production designer on Batman v Superman. Oh, oh. oh. Uh, now let's go fuck yourself, Zack Snyder cast. Uh, uh, and he's a local Wisconsin boy too. Not in my eyes anymore. Uh, I, I not to deviate too much, but yeah, I was not a big fan of that movie. No. Well, you know what? We're gonna be we a little announcement here. At some point, we're gonna be doing a special where we talk about new movies we've seen, and we're just going to talk very briefly about them, and uh, uh, it's going to be coming up sooner than you think. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll get to that later. But let's get back to payback. Roger yes, Ebert this. gave the film a three-star rating uh, out of four, uh, and he wrote in his review, there's much cleverness and inge- ingenuity in payback, but Mel Gibson is the key. The movie wouldn't work with an actor who was heavy on his feet or was too sincere about the material. <sighs> Gibson is a, a great actor. I can't, you can't deny it. I mean, we're, we're sitting here talking about how horrible he is as a, a human being, but and it's one of those things. It's like if you don't like somebody as a uh, as a human, can you still enjoy their material, what they do? Well, see, and it's not even like him as a human. I think that he has an addiction, and we need to, you know, kind of look at it as that he's got, you know, he's got a problem. And I know that there was probably at one point in his life that he was a very, you know, probably. You're just kind of staring at me at this point. No, I'm looking okay. at I'm looking at the okay. at my All right. He's at my research. Me. I'm like I'm defending the the alcoholic, but uh, you know he does he does and you know probably did have an even worse problem. So it's one of those things where I hope that he has sought uh, a lot of help to get it uh, turned around. Well, my, my question. I'm Switzerland, is, by the way. I look for the good in everything. But my, uh, maybe my, not Switzerland because they're kind of neutral. But I try and look at the optimistic. Let's 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 look at it this way. Did the abuse of alcohol caused him to say what he said or was what he said deep down and the alcohol just brought it to the surface come on switzerland this got really awkward it really did because i made a point you did make a point i was just trying to be nice you don't have to be nice to mel he's got enough money this is true (laughs) okay yeah it was really messed up what he did yeah. Um, now, spoiler Especially alert. Especially since he did just previously did a movie, The Passion, about Jesus. No, he did Braveheart before this. No, he did, did. When did he have the breakdown? I thought it was after. After Passion. After Passion. After okay. Passion. So, before he, Apocalypto, I think. So he had the meltdown after doing The Passion, which is a movie about Jesus, who is. What? A Jew? Uh oh. Uh oh. So, so, I mean. I'm kind of confused here, and you hate a specific culture, but you're willing to make a movie about one? Just throwing it out there. Yeah, that's that's fine. Okay. All right, let's talk about the differences in the uh, ending of the original and the director's cut. Got it. Uh, at the end of the original film, um, spoiler alert, uh, Porter gets the money. He gets all 130000 that was owed to him, and he drives off to Canada with Rosie. And, you know, begin a new life kind of thing. Thelma and Louise style. Uh, well, we, yeah, whatever. Except without the cliff. Yeah. Um, there is um, some differences in the director's cut. 
Uh, it has a, a largely similar foundation, but explores the whole like backstabbing of, of Porter through flashbacks. Um, gets rid of the Bronson character from the screen. Like I said before, we have a female voice belonging to Sally Kellerman instead of uh, Chris Christopherson, who is awesome in this movie. Uh, and the scene with the booby trap telephone oh, that was great. is eliminated. It's gone. As is the kidnapping of Bronson's son. Really? Yeah. And in this version, Val kills Rosie's dog, Porter. Which I'm not a big fan of, but I'm not a big fan of killing animals. No, that's not. Uh... But damn, was that cheeseburger tasty. Look at me, hypocrite. Uh, and the simplified storyline ends with Porter collecting his money and an arranged drop in a train station where he has several shootouts with syndicate hitmen. Um, and he's seriously wounded and seemingly near death before driving away uh, by being driven away by Rosie with the money. And the director's cut also lacks the theatrical version. It's voiceover narration by Mel Gibson, which I think was great. So, okay, which one would do you prefer? Like hands down, like because you've seen them both, correct? Yes. Okay, which one would you recommend people to watch? Honestly, I think they should watch both. They, I think they have to watch both because they're almost, well, they share the same foundation. Um, it's still a neo-noir film, either way, you, whichever version you watch. And I can never watch enough noir. Okay. Um, and they're, but even though they share the same foundation, they're still two, I think, fundamentally different pictures. Okay. Because the way he goes about things. Um, uh, and the endings are just, you know... I mean, the ending to the director's cut of Payback is more like the ending to Drive. Okay. Which I have not seen Drive. You have not seen Drive. That's with uh, Ryan Gosling, yes. right, correct? Okay. No, I have not. Hey, girl, watch my movie. Um, but no, it's... Uh, man, it's... Drive is a very noirish film as well, and I love the... Uh, um, um, what do you call it? Wait for it. Wait for it. Uh, Albert Brooks is the villain. Wait for it. And he's does a. Um, I was very shocked he didn't get a nomination at the Academy Awards <laughs> that year. That was very shocking. Um, before we get into uh, anything more, don't forget to head over to patreon.com forward slash Ron for tea, and uh, you can donate for uh, or you can become a patron for as little as a dollar per month. Uh, and get this and the Ron Perti show, and I think I'm working on a third show at some point. So it's like a podcast network. Yeah, I mean, just call me the Thinner Kevin Smith. Exactly. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, we'll take um, that. I just want to give some shout outs to Becky Finestead and uh, Cinema Warriors XP, and uh, them especially because they uh, kind of fit into the whole we're talking movies and they riff movies. So. Yeah, who's this uh, Becky? Uh, she is a. I met her through uh, the Trailer Park Boys website, swearnet.com. And there's a free plug, guys. So can I have a free membership for a year? That'd be great. It's only 40 bucks you're giving me. Come on. But anyway, yeah. I don't even know what it is. You know what the Trailer Park Boys are? You know, I'm not, nah, I have never seen it. I'm sorry. I've disappointed a lot of people in my life. And I just continue doing yes, it. Yes, you have. Your, just, pa- your parents don't like you. Just like a hurricane of just disappointment. I'm just tearing through. <laughs> It's a, it's a disappointment alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many things that I've not seen or yeah. See, now we're going to have to now see this is this is it. This is my my uh the new show what Mike hasn't seen. That's this uh, is, uh, <laughs> It's actually not a bad idea. But anyway, uh we're actually uh I think I'm going to have to force him to watch the, uh one of the Trailer Park Boy movies for an episode. Before an episode? For an episode. Because okay. they have uh movies out. 
Yeah, you did mention that it was good. A lot of people mentioned that it was a really good show. Um, I think the first the first movie really uh, encapsulates the entire series as one. I'm not too familiar about the premise of the whole show. You don't have to be if you watch the the first. I mean, uh, the characters I've seen like memes with the guy with the big thick glasses. I think he's from Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, Bubbles. Bubbles. He sounds weird. You leave him alone. I mean, is it? That's Bubbles. Yeah, that's bu- that right there. That's Bubbles. Yeah, I've seen I've seen people put memes up with. And him. we can talk about the Trailer Park Boy movie. You want to know why? It came out in 2006. Boom. There you go. Really? Yep. Came they've been around that long? They've been around since 2001. No, okay. Oh, so the show came out in 2001. Yeah, and the movie came out in 2006. Where have I been for the last 15 years? I don't know. I've never but, and that's the funny thing is, but this is the first movie, and despite the first movie being a flop, the budget was $5 million, barely made four. They still made two more of them. Wow. Yeah. No, did they? Maybe they got a lot from aftermarket sales. Did, I wouldn't a, doubt it. I wouldn't was, doubt it. Was that a that was a theatrical release? Correct? Yes, it was. Okay. Yes, it was. This is uh, but it's uh, I think you can watch the movie and know what's going on and not have to deal with the show. Um, well, but see, and that's something that I definitely want to venture into because, um, then I'll be able to pick up some more references that people are throwing out. Yep. When somebody yells cocksucker at you, you're gonna know what they're talking about. Oh, I just thought they were just upset at me. There is that. I mean, like, I get, let, I get that a lot at work. So let's, let's look at this though. Let's look at this though. The film was uh, uh, produced by Ivan Reitman, so if that helps, oh, nice. make your decision any easier. It does. I mean, I still. You, what I'm going to say is, like I tell everybody else, I will put it on my list and I will watch it, and then I will never watch it. Well, see, now you kind of have to watch it. I have one episode of Firefly left. Oh my. And I, I not to not to venture away from Firefly, but could you shake that up because it looks like piss water? Oh, sorry, it's my protein. Your protein shake looks like piss water. It, it bug it started bugging me because I I really got to use it. So I'm kind of yeah. That look that's a, it looks like a, sh- a shade better. Over it's there. vanilla. It's, now it's it, shit water. It's vanilla. It's soy. Kind of you know breaks apart after a while. Yeah, now it's shit water. Oh, but uh, but it still tastes good. Yeah. So payback. Let's get back to payback. Well, let's get back to payback. But no, I will watch those. All right, well, I'll I'll hound you about it. I guarantee it. I I have to now. It yeah. was came out in two thousand six, but yeah. Uh, well, actually, it came out in two thousand six. Two thousand one. Uh, uh, well, no, no, the movie came out in two thousand six in Canada. It came out in the states in two thousand eight. But we're going with the Canadian release because why not? I do keep up on Doctor Who, if that matters. Uh, Doctor Who. Do I have any uh, Who fans out there? I'm not hearing anybody say anything. Any Archer fans? I'm an Archer fan. Of course, fan. everybody's an Archer fan. Speaking of Archer, I think, and I think this is because we, we we kind of have lost the the the, uh, the payback conversation here. No, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna deviate I back. Think, I don't think we can deviate back. I think we pretty much. Okay, well, let's. But before I get into this, uh, would you recommend payback? Yeah, I would. I totally would. If you're looking for just a fun movie, action movie to watch, I mean, I would. I would definitely watch it. I like. I like Mel Gibson, so. There you go. And you can find it in your $5 bin. And you could find $5 bin. Now, here's, what, what is your favorite part of the movie? What My favorite part of the movie is probably the, uh, <coughs> where he crawls through the trunk and then the exploding apartment. That was, I like that part a lot. I also like uh, the opening sequence where he's kind of getting back on his feet, where he's wearing a suit that's way too big for him. And he's, uh, uh, he mugs the guy who he's like, he's, he's like eyeing up people to see who kind of looks like him so he can mug them and use their uh, um, identity. 
See, and one thing that I really pulled away from this movie is I, I like the look of it. Oh, I mean, the, the look, it's shot the great. Feel, just, one of my favorite shots is after he's been shot in the back by his wife, and he's laying there, and his head is kind of vertical, even though he's laying horizontal, and the car pulls away. That, uh, that shot was just – I, I love shit like that. Oh, yeah, it's great. Who is the cinematographer? Let's take a look at that. Let's, yeah, that's um, Let's see. Looking at the interwebs. Yeah. Why, why isn't that like a main category on uh, IMDb? Erickson Core. All right. Who has done other things such as – Let's see. Oh, Daredevil. Never mind. Fast and the first Fast and the Furious. Which actually, I did like the way that that uh, flowed. The uh, new in, Point in, Break. He, 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 uh, oh, the new Point Break was garbage. Uh, I have not seen that. I saw parts of it. And it's just now. What's funny is Donald E. Westlake, who wrote Payback, yeah, wrote Point Break. The original Point Break. Uh, the he wrote the book. Oh. Really? Yeah. So this is the second. Uh, you know, what, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna sound ignorant, but I did not know there was a book based on it. Let me bring it up here. I'll bring up Donald. Did you e. hear what like, I said? A book based on the movie. Yeah, if you're funny. Yeah, I know. Hilarious. That's how all things are, right? They write the books after the movies, like yes. Harry Potter's. Yeah, you exactly. Know, and the Scorch Trials or whatever. Exactly. It is. Uh, he wrote uh, the 1967 book Point Break, or Point Blank. Hold on a second. That was based on Gross Point Blank. Shut up. Which is another great movie, and we could talk about that because that was pre 2010. Yes, it is. I'm trying to see if I'm wrong about. Point break. I think I am. Why he's looking that up, I'm just going to just keep trying to distract I am him. wrong. Okay, the 1967 okay. movie Point Blank with okay. Lee Marvin um, is based on the book The Hunter, which is what Payback's Payback. based on. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, let's see what else. Um, Cops and Robertsons in 1973. We're still talking about Erickson? Uh, we're talking about uh, no. We're talking about the uh, guy who wrote the book that this movie was oh, based okay. on. Oh, okay, yeah, got it. Uh, why me? What else? Uh, payback. What's the worst that could happen with Martin Lawrence? No There's a lot. I mean, I don't even want to. St- oh, that's not a question. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Parker, that movie. Uh, um, uh, the movie Parker with Jason Statham. In 2013. I haven't seen that. Is I haven't that either, but it's based on a book called Flash Fire that he wrote. Okay. So this guy has been entranced in, entranced in Hollywood for a while. Um, what do you think of uh, speed of which? Also, what do you think about Lucy Liu's character? So fucking hot. I'm sorry, <laughs> but this had that's, to that's have what been. I was expecting. This had to have been one of the her first movies. Now what? Let's take a look. Because uh, they listed her as Lucy she, Alexis Liu. And um, she. I don't know what she's been up to. 47. She's still hot. Just like uh, Jennifer Aniston. And she, I think Jennifer Aniston got hotter as it went along. Yeah, same thing with Charlize Theron. Yes, I'll agree. But she's uh, she's around our age, so that kind of Payback is her 10th film. Is it? Ooh. Well, actually, ni- uh, ninth feature and 10th. Uh, ninth feature. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she was in uh, Gridlocked and Jerry Maguire. In Kung Fu Panda 3. That's a little bit past. I'm sorry. Yeah. But <laughs> Shanghai Noon, Charlie's Angels. Uh, Ballistic, X vs. Sever. Ooh. Ooh, nice. I have not uh, seen that. How no, about... I, no, thank you. Uh, mm. Chicago, that, that was a big hit. That actually was not horrible. I didn't see it. And then uh, we got the Kill Bills. Mulan 2. Yeah. 
Uh, what else? Lucky number seven. Uh, no thanks. Uh, let's see. Three needle domino. Do you remember domino? That was a Tony Scott picture. And yes, it starring, was. Starring uh, um, what's her face? Uh, Kira Knightley. Yeah. And uh, Mickey Rourke. Was it is that before or after Mickey Rourke got weird? Uh, Mickey Rourke's always been weird. This is very true. So this is before he got weirder. This was before The Wrestler, if I remember correctly. Cause this was so in, well, this is like before his career got a re- Yeah, this is in 2005 Domino came out because The Wrestler came out in... If The Wrestler came out pre-2010, we could watch it. We could talk about it on the show. You know, I did not like that movie, so... Then we could really talk about the it The Wrestler was 2008. Oh, we could. We could talk about The Wrestler on the show. Hey, what's great about that is I'm a big pro wrestling fan. So I mean, so you like the movie? I did enjoy the movie. Uh, a lot of wrestler, uh, wrestler, uh, high up mucky mucks didn't like it too much because it, it exposed too much uh, bullshit about what's going on. Um, but we're gonna start a new thing real quick here. I'm gonna talk, to mention a little bit of news, and then we're both gonna recommend a movie for people to watch. How oh. about that? Oh, real quick here. Uh, the news thing is like you mentioned Archer. Yes. And they're looking at perhaps making a live-action Archer movie. With John Hamm. With John Hamm as Archer. Ugh. I I would. But could you imagine John Hamm's body and H. John Benjamin's voice coming out of it? That actually would be pretty funny, but I wish they would just make a cartoon movie. Yeah, but cartoon movies don't do too well. I mean, remember Mask of the Phantasm when it came out? I remember Mark Hamill going to the theater to see it with his family on Christmas Day. And he, he, this was on Fat Man on Batman. And he said that it was just like there's like maybe four other people in the theater. It was That's nominated true. for an animated award, and it's an amazing animated film. Don't get me wrong, but animated features, unless it's a Pixar or Disney, don't really do too hot. What about the South Park movie? Yeah, but South Park was a huge franchise before they did that. That's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. I just don't know how it would work. Uh, we'll see. All right. Go ahead. You give me give me a movie that you think I should see. Hmm. Let's uh, let's go with uh, Real Genius. Knowing I haven't seen Real Genius, and I'm a horrible, horrible person. Uh, with uh, Val Kilmer. Oh, Val it Kilmer. came out in, and I do not remember the day, or not day, <laughs> yeah, the day. I don't remember the year that it came out, so I'm going to be looking this up right now. But it is one of my favorite movies, actually one of my favorite Val Kilmer movies as well. Well, that's for everybody. It's not just me, too. So came out in 1985. Wow. And now he looks like he ate somebody. Yeah, this is true. It's he really does. True. No, it's 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 a funny movie. It's hard to explain. He's a basically he's a, a I don't know a teenage genius dealing with you know his abilities while developing some sort of laser for one of his classes. Pew, 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 pew. So here's what we're going to do. Instead of just like, recommending a movie, why about we pick an actor and we each have to recommend one of their movies? Oh, okay. Well, you just did. Real genius. Now, the, the problem is I have to come up with a Val Kilmer picture for do people you? to watch that I enjoyed. Oh, I know. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Ooh, the Shane Black film. You didn't like that too much, did you? No, I did like oh, it. Oh, you did I like it. I said, ooh, like, I like that oh, one. Okay. I wish I would have said that one. Yeah, well, you didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, because that has uh, Robert Downey Jr. in it as that, well. And, he, and I really think he was that was uh, him being Iron Man before Iron Man. Yeah, because that's when he was actually turning his life around. Yes, that was post less than zero and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. 
So that's the episode for this week. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, the response to these episodes have been great. Uh, people love their movies. A lot of people want to come on and, and, and talk movies. Uh, we have some great episodes coming up. I'm just going to spoil a few. Uh, we actually are, we're going to be doing Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes. Uh, we're going to be doing the Trailer Park Boys movie. Damn it. Yes. By Re- by Crook. Real genius because I'm going to force that one through. He's, uh, yeah, he's going to force that one on me. Uh, we're going to have the original Dawn of the Dead with uh, uh, we're gonna have a, a special guest on that one. I don't think he'll be on that one. No offense, but I'm recording at 11:30 at night. No, it's okay. Uh, he uh, he found someone better. Who lives in Dubai? Um, <laughs> outsourcing the, pub, the, the podcast <laughs> position. My name uh, is Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, what other movies? We got? Oh, we got Punisher and Punisher Warzone coming up. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to look forward to. If you have a movie that you would like to uh, hear us talk about, uh, head over to iTunes, uh, look for the show, subscribe, rate, review, and uh, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Let's Get It Ron, and uh, Mike is at Mike Detterman. Yes, I figured it out this week. Woohoo! So hit one of us up on Twitter, probably me, because I actually check my Twitter. Um, Mike, not so much. What is what is Twitter? I don't. It's something with. To be pissy about things. It's like Instagram. Things. I get confused with it's that. About, it's something to get pissy about things. So, but if you ha- and plus uh, on the Facebook page, uh, uh, facebook.com forward slash the Budget Cinema Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, it's been a blast doing this show and can't wait to do some more. And uh, I, I now know how much my life is worth. $70,000. $70, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.